So the last man to share a cell with Jeffrey Epstein died last month from COVID-19. You know the virus is getting worse when it kills faster than Hillary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking about that. That's okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media. We are born free and we will stay free. All right, folks. It's brand new Ruthless. Oh, we're doing the holiday Ruthless. We're going. I mean, a lot of people took a week off. Not us. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that is one thing. We will be your source for news and information. And we, we don't take days off, you know. No days we, we off. are for the people. No days off. We're coming, you know, like we've got uh, Christmas, which was terrific. In fact, I should ask you. How, how was your Christmas? How well, was your Christmas, I mean, Mine uh, was very wholesome, Smug. I yeah. had two wonderful young children opening presents laughing smiling enjoying them until they're crying and and not enjoying and you know how that goes it was great i loved I mean, it that's like, why you can't it, it's difficult for you to think of a present you'd want it's the man who has everything beautiful wife and kids yeah, that's fair that's, that's that's gotta be a great christmas it, it it is a great christmas uh i i suspect that it draws some contrast to yours not that you didn't have a wonderful <laughs> one which i've Heard you've had a wonderful one. It was a wonderful Christmas. I had an amazing different. time. You know, it was, I, I celebrated the holidays. <laughs> Fantastic. Any, Honestly, um, you know, probably one of the best Christmases I've ever had. Any color that you want to uh, expound? Well, I'll, I'll just say it was, you know, start to finish one of the best Christmases. Period. <laughs> <laughs> what do we What do we got on the show? You know, the first thing I want to add though is, is a question I've been getting a lot lately. Okay. How long do you keep your Christmas tree up, Josh? That is such a good question because I have had a neighbor previously that a couple of years ago, they put up two trees, gorgeous trees. You could see them from like a block away in their main window. And they, they kept these suckers up until like March, right? <laughs> Which I think is gratuitous and lazy. Uh but on the other hand, I, I, I don't think you need to rip it down right after Christmas Day. I think mm -hmm. you've, got a, you've got a window there. A lot of people like to enjoy it through New Year's. You know, there's people that talk about the 12 days of Christmas. You can go to the 6th of January if you need to. But it needs to come down in early January. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm a very stickler for rules. So typically, I would think... You know, you, you've got a couple of days. The, the problem is it's, it's great. No one, no one is against having a Christmas tree. It makes every home happier. Like you have it a does. beautiful tree. You've got lights, you've got angels. Who, who doesn't like having it there? It adds to the ambiance. Um, I, you know, my Christmas tree is still up. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. It's a bit of a belated celebration. I've got a uh, family in town. My mother and my sister are visiting. And I kept my tree up just because I wanted to keep their presence under it, you know? If you're, having so a, if you're having a belated, belated holiday, keep the tree up. Yeah, well, you know, if you're celebrating later, not everybody this year could celebrate right on Christmas yeah, morning. True. Right? So, Absolutely. I mean, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Now, they could have, in your case, celebrated at any point from like Labor Day on in, right? Yeah. That, I mean, this tree, I mean, I'll tell you, it's been up for a while. Like, I, don't, I, I think it's, 
far, you know, you've got more leeway on when the tree goes up than when it goes down easily. I think that's right. I think that's right. In my book, also, uh, the Christmas music, you need to start fading that out. Yeah. You, you know, I, that's that a good point. I think Christmas music goes before the Christmas tree. I think that's right. Yeah. I like, I mean, who's listening to carols on December 29th? Yeah. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. And you also need to, we did, you know, everybody's got a different trash day, obviously, depending on where you live. And we had the good fortune of providing the, the kids with a fair amount of presents this year and just humiliating ourselves in our neighborhood with that's, the amount of trash that we the throw way to do it. I, but like, you got to kind of like mask it. You can't put it all out at once. Otherwise yeah. you really are. Your house mask. is going to get robbed. They're like, okay, so these guys got a TV <laughs> and a PlayStation five and an Xbox. Okay. So I think you got like three, this is the one we hit. You got like three weeks to divvy it out, right? You got to like <laughs> break it into thirds and then just release it in three. Really an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is if you're fortunate enough, I, I say just flex on the neighbor. <laughs> like, wow, it looks like a, you know, white trash day over there post Christmas. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We got a lot of good stuff here. Um, some of it's sociological, honestly. We're not. We're not just going to get into politics here. We're going to have we, we the world around us, smug, and what's happening, and where we go, and what 2021 looks like. And we're, by the way, we are going to do a 2021 episode this week that everybody mm-hmm. should tune into. But we're going to give you a little preview here, because frankly, we're dealing with all kinds of developments as a result of COVID-19. That's the thing. So like a lot of people are saying we're facing a pandemic. I, I'm telling you, it is plural, pandemics. Uh, so news broke out that if you thought, you know, COVID is the only problem we're facing, ladies and gentlemen, super gonorrhea <laughs> is out on the streets. You know, it's the super there. G. They call the, it colloquial. Yeah, many people are calling it the super G. Super gonorrhea has reared its ugly head it is out there uh and this is you know this is important because it's one of two things is going to happen everybody's quarantined up mm-hmm. right and so you can be a guy like you can <laughs> so be, you see where super gonorrhea is <laughs> you could you could be a guy like me who has has uh, a loving family and now i i have a covid child born in in covid during covid times and we have a, a lovely infant you could also be a guy like you, Smug. Who's uh, just uh, chased, you know, very <laughs> God. <laughs> and you could be at heightened risk for something that we're calling super God. Yeah, so many people, <laughs> many doctors. So like the CDC even, we, we CDC even put out a notice about super gonorrhea is out there, folks. It is an antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. Okay. So uh, there, there's this great, you know, there are articles galore on this horrific situation that we are facing. Uh, the Connecticut Post has analysis, super gonorrhea fueled by coronavirus pandemic. And I just love the insinuation there <laughs> because it's like, well, I mean, you've got lockdowns, you know, indoor dining is canceled. <laughs> like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> right. I mean, and now super gonorrhea. It's just like these are not unrelated events, folks. They're not unrelated. And in fact, they are clinically related in some of these articles they've suggested that an over prescribing of bi- antibiotics at the onset of COVID-19 mm-hmm. has resulted in antibiotic uh, uh, viruses they won't respond 
in other words, super gonorrhea may very well be a result, not just of the sociological situation. Yeah, yeah. But but actually of the medically prescribed situation. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a great part right here in this Connecticut Post article on super gonorrhea, where it says, quote, basically, when we say super gonorrhea, we mean gonorrhea superbug, the WHO's Teodora we wrote. These are extensively drug-resistant gonorrhea with high-level resistance to the current recommended treatment for gonorrhea. A WHO spokesman told The Sun that the pandemic was partially to blame. Not only are doctors and hospitals prescribing more antibiotics resulting in antibiotic-resistant superbugs, but regular medical and educational services have been disrupted. So you're locked up. You're like, listen, the restaurants are closed. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? Scroll through your contacts and you're going to get super gonorrhea, folks. Simple. You have two choices. You can have a COVID baby or super gonorrhea. One of the two things is going to happen. <laughs> like what, you know, which way do you go? The choice is yours. I mean, this is horrific. And, you know, and, and haven't and we suffered enough? To my high school buddy who processed the more traditional version of this dreaded disease. The non-super <laughs> On a hunting trip in the uh, late 90s. I just say to you, sir, you're a lucky man that in 2020, you find yourself in a very different situation. That is tough. That's tough, uh, man. So I've heard, so, so colloquially, some folks may not be familiar with the term of gonorrhea, whether super or otherwise, this, this is the clap, right? It's the, this is the clap and in the, in the, the background and the history of the clap is worth noting because yes. there is a, there is, a- I looked this up and, and you told me this, I looked it up and this is true. And I was shocked. Well, they didn't always have antibiotics smug. Yeah. You know? And so, my understanding is the reason that they've called it the clap was because when you got it, uh, they, um, well, they closed a book uh, pretty quickly on uh, your gosh. affected areas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a bit of a clapping sound cured your <laughs> disease. Horrific, you know, <laughs> and Fauci didn't tell us about this in March. So we made, they said, back. wear a mask. They didn't tell you. Listen, super gonorrhea is something you should worry about during these lockdowns. But all of it brings back, look, we're dealing with incredible peril in 2020. We've yeah. got pandemics, we've recessions, we've got people locked in their homes, you know, all kinds of different stuff. People are waiting to get crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there has been a number of academic studies done in the last several months that point towards the 2020s resembling the 1920s, which of course were called the sex crazed roaring twenties. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think one of my favorite news sources personally, uh, the New York post has this great article saying, you know, quote, sex crazed roaring twenties awaits post pandemic from a Yale professor. A know, real the expert, experts are saying many people are saying many people are saying. Yeah. yeah. So I am, you know, I, I can only imagine what life will be like after this pandemic. Like I, I was thinking this o- over the entire holidays. So you're taking pictures with your family members. Everyone's got a mask, you know, when you're, when you're out shopping or whatever. And it's horrific that like, 
you'll have to explain to future generations. The reason everyone's wearing this like medical mask is because we had this plague going yeah. around the world, killing people. And so I am so ready personally, you know, once these vaccines are out, once we've got the herd immunity, once, you know, we no longer have to worry about the Chinese Wuhan coronavirus killing us. I mean, I will, I, I will be very much uh, in favor of parting 24 seven. Like, well- well, so, but that mindset is is basically what this professor has talked about, uh, this Dr. Nick, as I'm going to call him, at Yale. And let me read a couple of things from, from this New York yeah. According to this doctor, who is a, a social epidemiologist, society will make up for lost time as soon as it's safe to do so, with hedonism quickly replacing conservative socializing. Reversal may mean several years away, but here's his quote, quote, during epidemics, you get increases in rig- religiosity. People become abstentious, which I'm not sure of based on our last segment. <laughs> Many people are saying. Yeah. Uh, they save money. They get risk averse. And we're seeing all of that now, just as we have uh, for hundreds of years during epidemics. But in 2024, all of those pandemic trends will be reversed. So he's saying that by 2024, we're basically just going to be like a society. I think we saw him in Gamora out here <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> like super gonorrhea of, be damned. Absolute dirtbags. Like I have to tell you like the, the, the pent up, like not being able to even have a meal at a restaurant. Like think yeah. of everything that we took for granted before this. Just I know it. Being able to be outside and breathe without a mask on your face. Like that would be, to me, honestly, that'd be a treat. If I could just like go to the park, you know, like Central Park where everyone knows you can crack a beer. Yeah. Have a drink, enjoy the sun, hang out with your friends. That to me is like paradise. And it's something that'd be just like, oh, you know, whatever, a Friday yeah. or a Saturday a year ago. I know. And, and, and like, I think this is right in a lot of ways. So, so if you consider all of the things that brought in, the 1920s, which is a total, you yeah. know, the, the, the hell of World War One. Yeah, the prototypical uh, example of hedonism in American culture. That the last true global pandemic was 1918, mm. right? And so the parallels are are obvious. I mean, th- this is this week we could actually be entering a hell of a stage here. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to Google it. Who killed more people is world war one or the Chinese Wuhan coronavirus. Like that's a, it could be possibly close. It like, could be we got 2 million globally or 1 million globally. I'll have to look that up, but people have had enough. Thank God we have this vaccine, the multiple vaccines that are getting out there, but I am going to be so ready once like, you know, Word goes out, the experts say, and the government agencies say, because let me tell you folks, personal story here. So uh, a few months back, I I run a tight ship around here. Uh, We test people who enter my my home for temperature and for uh, blood oxygen levels to check who has the Wuhan or not. And uh, we had, we had a few folks over, you know, watching Sunday football. And I get a call from the management saying that like, uh, so above you, there's, there's a coronavirus doctor. And they said that they heard more than uh, four voices. And, you know, our locality says it's, it, it, you know, three person maximum unrelated allowed in a dwelling. 
So can you imagine what I'm going to be like? Like as soon as all these restrictions are lifted, I'm going to throw the biggest house party Completely. America's ever seen. Like I'm going to be like, we have one cubic foot left. Invite, you know, everyone hit your cell phone, invite somebody over for this party. So like the roaring 2020s, I am all in. I believe it completely. Well, and, and the good news is you're not, the cell phone thing is not necessary for you with your landline. I can, you know, I will hit that landline. <laughs> that, that landline is yeah. going to be on fire. Yeah. The funny thing is, so I'm thinking about the landline the other day because, uh, so Foldy, finally, this guy, I mean, I, he looks like Grizzly Adams, my assistant, Matthew Foldy who will not get a haircut, won't shave. And I don't think it's because of the coronavirus restrictions. I think our, uh, I think DC and New York are iffy about if you can get a haircut, but it is unrelated to coronavirus. This guy's become a complete hippie. He shows up the other day uh, so we can get some work done. I'm on my landline and he's like, you have a landline? Like, he waits six question. Is he not listening to the show? He's, he, he should be listening to the show. And he's like one of the few people who has the number, which tells you so much about that generation's. Uh, attention span they will not be part of the roaring 20s i mean they can't have fun for god's sake no, they can't what do they know about actually, having fun to the extent that they're going to be a part of it they're frankly going to be serving the rest of us i think so i think i think that's why the roaring 20s will be so great we'll finally find a use for gen z <laughs> what's the first thing you are doing because i'm throwing i'm throwing the biggest house party yeah. the east coast has ever seen period yeah, so so I mean, despite my you know very uh, family forward uh, <laughs> presentation and and life, which I do enjoy, I've been known to throw some good parties. And, yeah, um, yeah, I've been I've been known to and, and and recently, so I can only imagine that I'm going to absolutely blow it out in the biggest fashion possible, like just completely ridiculous. Like you remember, I remember. Years ago, Adrian Peterson, the, the former running back. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Well, I guess he's current running back for the Detroit Lions. He's been around forever. But I remember looking at one of his birthday parties where he was riding around on an elephant and he had like camels and stuff and See, people that, were shooting yes. air guns. And like yes. I was like, yep, that's it. That's what I want. That's what I want. 100%. <laughs> See, that just completely inspires me. Yeah. To me, the Roaring 2020s are having a, a house party with elephants and air guns. That's right. That's, that's the two things. That's, that's right. And Hannibal is back post, you know, COVID. I'm going to be the Roaring Twenties Hannibal. And I'm totally, I'm absolutely convinced that it's all coming. The, the demand in the economy is still there, right? The, the people there are, we're running out of uh, appliances because people are, are remodeling so much at the high end of the, mm -hmm. when we get the service sector back, Thank you. The amount of yeah. demand is going to be incredible. People are going to be back to work like crazy. We're going to put money in everybody's pockets. It's going to be, we're going to be ready to fire, man. And yeah. I, I'm so excited about it. I, it bothers me a little bit that this is going to happen on Joe Biden's watch because he deserves does, not yeah. even a little bit of credit he for it. He had nothing to do with Operation Lightspeed. But to me, my concern is I can't wait to go to restaurants and help these folks. Uh, yes. So, like, Indoor dining was shut down. Like all dining was essentially shut down because it's too cold to do the outdoor dining. Uh, so I went uh, last possible night, had a great dinner um, because these folks are, are it's a, do what you can. I mean, yeah. folks do what you can and different, different places have different rules. If you can still go inside and you feel safe doing it and you're, you you do not have vulnerable people within your family, go, go ahead and do it. If, if the way that it works in your community is that you order out and you pick up, do it. 
I mean, I know, I know at this point, everybody sort of feels like either a hermit or they're, or they're intentionally sort of breaking the rules or whatever, but whatever it is, help small businesses in your community. Cause it's, it's these folks are going to be the lifeblood of who we ultimately are and emerge from as spring approaches. And I, I just, I literally cannot wait. I'm going to use my, like what little clout that I have speaking of small businesses and delivery and such for, for my Christmas Eve. So uh, I spent my Christmas Eve in, in Washington, DC and Joe's, you know, the, the seafood place, very famous place. They, they, they are putting out all these uh, stories about how they had the Christmas Eve dinner available, you know, put in the order. You can get the whole nine. I put in the order, you know, on, on the little app, this says the delivery guy showing up. He's like a minute away and it says your delivery has been canceled. No. So Joe's, here's the thing. So then I, I hit up Philomena, wonderful Italian place, folks. They got a wonderful Christmas Eve meal here to me in like 45 minutes. Whoa. So was it, was it the delivery? Philomena, I love you. I have no idea who's responsible for it. So I'm not going to cast aspersions. All I'm going to say is God bless you, Philomena. That, that meal was delicious on Christmas Eve for someone who was hungry. Oh man. Well, it's, it's really great, but whatever your community is, you've got to, you know, you've got support the restaurants as much as you can. Cause I mean, it's, it's, they have a tough break, especially in New York where like Cuomo and de Blasio have pretty much done the worst possible job you can to support, you know, folks trying to make a living. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, if you're in this industry and you know, you think we can help you shoot us a note, man. Yeah, you're in the comment section on your where you get your podcasts or on Twitter or whatever. Ruthless is happy to help because this yeah. is this is we're all in this. Obviously, I don't want to sound trite, but we really are, and we the light is at the end of the tunnel. We are we are 2021 is going to be a rocket ship. Yeah, truly, and I love that point. I think that is that's the takeaway for me about the theory of the roaring 2020s. Is I want to get folks in the service industry, I want to get everyone in retail. They need to be getting. Uh, what they are due for what they've lost over these lockdowns. We got to help those folks. Absolutely. If we have one area that could prevent us from becoming everything that we can, it's the fake news media. Absolutely. Which brings us to our next segment. Absolutely. And that's why folks listen to our shows because we will tell you what the fake news media will not. And this is a, this is a, this is a bombshell. This one's a burner and it's perfect because it follows everything that we've been talking about for two months in Georgia. Mm -hmm. How literally nobody locally, nobody nationally is reporting anything on these two idiotic Democrats. But the one that's just, I mean, it blows the mind. It's like, it's like a a comic book character of a bad candidate is, is Raphael Warnock. And here's the story in the free beacon today. It's about Anthony Washington, who is this, this guy who at one point as a child attended a camp run by Raphael Warnock, which we've read a little bit about and it was under investigation and, you know, ultimately had all these accusations, but this kid, we've never had a kid come out first person and talk about what happened to him. Anthony Washington told the free beacon that counselors tossed urine on him, Mm -hmm. forced him to sleep outside. Mm. And he's got some just, unbelievable quotes in this Washington free beacon that you, that you ought to, you really ought to check out. Ultimately he filed a lawsuit in 2003 and it was settled two years later. They paid him a lot of money allegedly. And uh, it, it, it's, 
it's one of the things that you shouldn't have to read exclusively in a conservative media. That's so frustrating about this is so this is a story that should be on the nightly news on ABC, NBC, CBS. Um, this quote, I want, I want to read this straight up. So at least three state agencies, the Maryland state police, the department of social services and the department of health looked into allegations of child abuse at the camp between 2002 and 2003, according to government records obtained by the free beacon. Like, oh, Wow. Call me a simple man. I don't think, uh, you know, if you're running a camp for kids and it's under investigation by three agencies, I, you know, I, I don't think that's a good thing, folks. It, but, but this isn't, you know, th- here's the thing. Like everybody's this two steps. Guy, this is fucking horrific. They're, they're removed from this because it's, it, it's not painted. The picture is not painted. This is like, oh, it's the democratic candidate. Oh, Joe Biden. You know, it's like, oh, we're all, we're all voting for, the Democratic candidate because we're Democrats. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, recall that Warnock, what we're talking about here, Warnock was actually arrested at camp, what they call Camp Farthest Out, which is one of these camps, after a Maryland state trooper said he repeatedly disrupted her interviews with the counselors while they were investigating what we just discussed. So he was disrupting the investigator while they're trying to investigate these allegations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the reason, the reason for that, frankly, it is what's been well outlined in the media is that he didn't have adequate protections for potential childhood, child predators and things like that. And, and Warnock was kind of in the middle of all of this stuff. Now, ultimately they dropped the charges that they filed on this guy, but there's a ton of questions remaining. Tons of questions and like a lot of records that are sealed. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how his ex-wife, he ran her over allegedly yeah, with the yeah. with the car. And then and then all of a sudden she was under a gag order and couldn't speak. I mean, this is kind of the same pattern of behavior. And yet we don't have a single member, not AP, Washington Post, New York Times, all of the papers of record in Georgia. Nobody's covering it. I want to know if there is any other senator you know is there a sitting senator in the united states who has been arrested for obstruction and uh been accused of, of running a camp that uh, had no child protection I, I don't think there is honestly smug i look i've been i've been running campaigns for a lot of years i don't remember a lot of candidates that have ever come within a country mile of the things that this guy has been accused of it's bananas. It's it's absolutely crazy. It's just like there are accusations of these things that happened at this camp that this guy was running. Uh, there are accusations of him running over, you know, from his from his is it his ex wife. Yeah, his ex. Well, it's his ex wife, but it was dude, this this year. It's this year. It's March. This year in March, like yeah, that's a guy who's going to be on a ballot. That's. That- insane and that tells you that like the media is like all in for preventing anything negative from entering the mind of the public if it comes to a dem they did it to hunter you know they did it everything they could to cover up hunter biden and now they're doing everything they can to cover up any negative news about warnock in georgia and this guy's presiding over a camp where he's got counselors running r kelly routines on the on the on the kids i mean yeah 
like, kid- why is it that the free beacon has to go and get the paperwork? Because they're three, like I said in my in the quote that I read, three state agencies investigated this. But but you don't see this on CNN and CBS and NBC and ABC. It's it's what's going on. And and you know everybody's focused. All of the the professional media class is focused on the inner turmoil of the Trump presidency and the discussions of you know stimulus and all this bullshit. I mean, when when in all reality, like this guy seems like a problem. This seems yeah. like something you ought to dedicate a couple of paragraphs of space to. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's one thing when 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 there's smoke, there's fire, and it's just like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how I, many how many signs do we need, folks? It, I, I mean, if, if, and that a person with all this these allegations and and stories is on a ballot. Oh, yikes. Yeah, it right. must be a dem. That's a, that you know. That's the cure all. You have you have that parentheses D at the end of your name, and every journalist is going to carry water for you. It's shameful. It's an outrage. It's absolutely shameful. And and let me let me end this segment by saying this: the early vote numbers are showing that Democrats are voting hand over fist in Georgia. They yeah. are going to replicate the November election totals. That's just a fact. So the idea that there is some drop off on the democratic side when the presidential is not in there is a fallacy. They are going to vote. Republicans need to do likewise. Yes. We need every single Republican in Georgia to get out there. I think what they have until the 30 vote, the 31st to vote early, right? Yeah, you can vote. You can vote early right up. Yeah. Right up until we get to, to the holiday and, and, and different localities. What's tricky about this is that different counties handle it differently. Um, Not surprisingly, many democratic counties are open on weekends. Many Republican counties are not. Isn't that something? Isn't that something folks? If you are in Georgia, and you can hear me. You need to get out there. You need to vote for our Republican senators. You need to make sure that, you know, this guy Warnock, who, I mean, these stories are horrific. Uh, we don't need him in the Senate. We, we need to make sure that we send Leffler and Purdue to the Senate. We need to make sure that Kamala Harris is not the 51st vote because, good God. And Green also, New look, deal. we're the party of personal responsibility. We are the party of people taking our own agenda and our own lives in our own hands and executing it. I don't care what the goddamn rules are. I don't mm-hmm. care. Grievance mm-hmm. politics, throw it out. This is about you controlling your own destiny. If you want a socialist republic, then don't vote. Go sit back, relax, cry about what happened in November. You know, just just worry about, about all the things you can't control. Here's what you can control. What your life looks like for the next two years what this country looks like for the next two years. Mm-hmm. If you have any interest whatsoever in conservative governance at all, mm-hmm. go out and vote. We can talk about all of our differences later. We can figure all that out in the interim. And, and trust me, I am certain that we will. But if a failure to get out and support Kelly Leffler and David Perdue in Georgia is a, a failure to re- recognize how much danger this country is in with unified democratic control. Folks, that, that's it right there. That's the message. 
whatever if you have a friend in georgia if you have family in georgia if you know somebody in georgia shoot them a text give them a call tell them they you know we need to make sure we get kelly and and purdue in the senate so we don't have to worry about this green new deal because i'm telling you right now AOC is going to run the agenda if if Kamala's vote number 51 Senate. It Absolutely. is clear as day. You know, Biden, I mean, he's not even all the way there. Clearly, many people are saying, and I feel. Um, but if you want to have, like Josh said, any semblance of, of conservative governance, we have to hold the line. We have to hold the Senate. That's right. And that's just as simple as it's the one thing we can control. It's the one thing that we can do. And I also want to thank everybody who's been listening because I'll tell you, we've had a lot of reports from our friends over at WinRed and at the, the campaigns. Yep. I know when Kelly came on the program uh, earlier this year that a lot of the minions have gotten out and supported these folks personally. And we're, we're personally very gratified. Yeah, that is small role. so heartwarming to hear. You know, we've got our folks with boots on the ground. We are we are fighting in Georgia. We're not going to let them take this from us. We're going to get out there. We're, we've got our folks on the ground who are just like uh, the NRSC and the campaign folks. I talk to them daily, and they are grinding. They are they they are they are you know they're, they're going to leave nothing on the field every ounce of strength they got those and folks are a, fighting can i put a little texture on that because i've spent an awful lot of years in republican leadership and everybody has a tendency to think of like you know party committees and party leadership as sort of establishment hacks and you know these these washington perennial people the kids who are out there killing it right now they're 22 yeah yeah they're idealistic they got into it for the right reasons. They are busting their asses. They're trying to make our country a better place. So if we all have our personal differences about where the party goes from here, we can work that out. But those, ki- those kids deserve our support. These two candidates deserve our support. And I think ultimately what they're doing is nothing short of heroic. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm happy to support them. I'm, I'm really enthused about the number of people who listen to this show who have been supportive and you know what i i I will take this opportunity i'm going to give a special shout out to jesse hunt and and young huff cooksey who have they didn't get to spend christmas having fun and uh you know who many of us fortunate folks could spend with family and friends and enjoy the holidays they're down there in georgia fighting for us so special shout out to them Special shout out to everybody on the campaign, you know, on, on Luffler's campaign, on Purdue's campaign, folks at the NRSC. Um, and thanks to folks they're, like, they're, like they're, Don they're, they're fighting and us. like Don Jr. and others who've been who've been wailing away. Ivanka was down there last week. I mean, I, I look, everybody's getting in this together. We all may have our differences on the outside, but this is the one we all got to have. So thank you for 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 doing it. We've got a long way to go <laughs> next week. Hopefully we will get to where we need to go because the consequences are incredibly dire if we don't. Yeah. So, you know, everybody phone bank, if you can donate, if you can. Um, and if you're in Georgia, cast those ballots, we need to make sure we, we get, we hold on, you know, we hold the line in the Senate. It's the most so, important thing we can do right now. So smog new year's, we're going to cover it Thursday. Extensively. Yeah. Cover it Thursday. There's going to be a lot to talk about because so we, much. 
we we like to do do yours big around here. Yeah. And I think it's it's it should be especially big considering the horseshit that we yeah, went through right? in 2020. I'm gonna have like the biggest two-person New Year's party ever in history. It's gonna be phenomenal. I'm gonna zoom the hell out of people. Yeah, it's gonna be so great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's gonna be a really great episode on Thursday. But this was also a very great episode. Thank you all so much for all your support. Our numbers, um, so far above what I could have imagined. You know, I'm. You know, that's. The, you know, we talk about what we're grateful for ahead of the New Year. I am so grateful for the support that this show has gotten. Our listener numbers are, are stellar. And, uh, you know, what I love seeing, especially on Twitter, is everyone adding their friends, you know, saying, I listen to this. I listen to Ruthless. You should give it a listen. And just like the family grows. And it just, it, it warms my heart. It so, really is a family. I mean, we're all talking incredible. about Christmas gifts and stuff over that. I mean, we had like literally thousands of people that were replying about Christmas gifts mm -hmm. and, and different things that they should get. And we all had our recommendations and, and listen, I, there's a couple, three or four people out there that in particular, I, I really enjoyed uh, talking with prior to Christmas. And I hope their loved ones really enjoy what they got them. Cause I know there's a ton of thought that went into it, but, but that's what ruthless is all about. It's this little community that's going to grow into, into a massive movement. Just you wait and see. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love that. That's that's a that's a hopeful look forward for the next year. And the and the Thursday episode on New Year's is going to be phenomenal. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. <laughs>